Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Warner. This podcast is all about taking a few moments for yourself and reconnecting to the amazing woman behind the title of mom. You have so many plates spinning at any given time between your kids, your partner, your job, maintaining your household, etc., etc. But where does taking time just for you play into that? Let's spend some time together, you and me, right now. We're going to connect, tune in, and tap in to what makes us the incredible woman that we are. We'll nurture ourselves so that we can pour into those who can count on us. We'll also hear from other moms to learn about the ways in which they've tapped into alignment in their own motherhood journeys. Let's roll. We're having a mom moment. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Warner, and I am very excited to share an interview this week with Jordan Rios, an entrepreneur and a mom of six, almost seven. She shares some really, really juicy tidbits that I think you're really going to enjoy. So you may even want to take some notes. Yeah, she's got some good stuff. So take a listen. Welcome, Jordan. I am thrilled to have you share with us today. I'm excited to hear what you have to share with our listeners about mindset and motherhood and maintaining your sense of identity while juggling all the things. But first, can you share a little bit about your own motherhood journey? Yes, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm just really excited to share and connect with your audience. And so, to tell you a little bit about myself and my motherhood journey, so I am. Um, I live in Tallahassee, Florida. I am a single mother of six children and pregnant with number seven. And when people hear that, they're just like, what? And I always preface that with, I always wanted a big family. And I have been so blessed to um, have had six, almost seven healthy babies. Um, I did not plan to have my kids as close together as they are, my oldest is nine years old. Their ages are nine, eight, seven, five, three, and one. Wow. And so they're all like doorsteps. Um, yeah, but I, t- I didn't plan to have them that close together. But if you want to hear God laugh, you tell them your plans. And so, you know, that's just how it goes. But um, I have three boys and three girls. My tiebreaker, who is due in November, is a little boy. Aww. And so we're all excited. He's the last one. and so um but yeah I um I'm 36 years old I became a mother during my senior year of college when I was 26 years old and my first daughter was born via c-section three weeks before I started student teaching wow so I had so I, I was a public school teacher for nine years and recently left that career to pursue um, coaching and pursue my own business. Um, I lived, we lived in Tennessee at that time, and we've also recently relocated to Florida. And I started student teaching with a three-week-old baby and still pumping throughout the day and nursing throughout the night. I don't remember anything from that period of my life. It was just insane. And... Um, the day that I got hired for my first teaching job, so I graduated college that May when she was five months old, and the day I got hired for my first teaching job, which I was so excited to start that teaching career, but I came home that night, found out I was pregnant again. Oh my gosh. And I said, so I have my oldest two daughters are 14 months apart. She was wow. born, my second daughter was born my first year teaching. Um, I had extreme morning sickness that pregnancy. I was in the hospital several times with 
getting IVs of fluids and it was crazy, but we survived and here we are seven kids, almost seven kids later. And um, wasn't always a single mom. That's something that happened recently, but learning to navigate this new season of my life with lots and lots of changes going on. And I just, I, 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 there's a lot that I could say, and I'm sure we'll get into a lot more over this conversation, but, um, I've learned a lot about identity. I've learned a lot about, um, cause people ask me all the time, how in the world do you stay sane with that many kids and doing a business and all the things that you have to do? And I mean, I could talk about that all day. I could, I'm at, I could write a book about it. I actually am writing a book about it, but that's actually going to come out in January. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's, I feel like it's so important. This is, these are conversations that need to be had mm-hmm. because when you, when mothers self-sacrifice to a degree that they are losing themselves in motherhood, it doesn't benefit anyone. Right. And that's something that took me time to learn. But when I did, it was a massive breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I think if you figured it out with seven kids and there's no excuse for the rest of us that just have a, a handful. And first of all, amazing that you have almost seven children. Like yeah. I thought we're done at two. That's all the, that I have the capacity for. But I can resonate with your teaching background. I was uh-huh. also a school teacher for a little while. And for anyone who doesn't know, and I don't know what your program was like, but when you jump into student teaching, even without a baby, it's like, it's a lot of work. My program was a lot of work. I was working essentially more than full-time and I wasn't getting paid for it. And I didn't have a newborn at home. So I can only imagine what that was like. And then to jump right into teaching after that, like that is really a testament to uh, yeah what you've been able to accomplish. Like, that's incredible. It was hard. It was very hard. And I wouldn't want to relive that season of my life. <laughs> it's been real, but thanks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you've left teaching. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a career that I was very thankful for. I'm thankful for the years. I taught English as a second language um, okay. in elementary school and middle school. I was so thankful for the time that I got to spend with my students and just using my education to serve my community in that capacity. However, um, one thing I realized about myself um, about four years ago, so I was about mm, still a relatively new teacher, maybe five years into my teaching career. I just, it wasn't anything that I had um, particularly against teaching in and of itself. But I just realized that my heart's calling was not to stay a teacher for the rest of my career. My heart's calling was to have time freedom, to create wealth for my family. And that if that the trajectory for that was not in public education. And it, there were lots of ways that I could use my teaching background, my teaching training um, and giftings in ways that could free up my time, that could give me more opportunities for myself and my family. And I just really felt called to entrepreneurship and I felt called to specifically coaching moms. And even more specifically than that, coaching moms of small children who want to run a business because that's what I was doing. That's what I had been doing. Now, similarly, you know, just like when I started my teaching career and started motherhood at the same time, that was a crazy season. 
when you throw in a business and try all the learning curves that go into learning how to run a business and all of the time that it can all the time consuming things that you have to do and having numerous small children. And at the time I was still working as a teacher because I wasn't making any money in my business right mm-hmm. off of that, you know, that took time. It was, there were a lot of uncomfortable things about myself that I had to confront. And there were a lot of moments that I wanted to quit. And I kept questioning, is this even possible? Is this even worth it? I've got all these dreams, but what in the world am I doing? Am I, am I doing a disservice to my kids in pursuing my dreams? Those are the questions that I had for a long time in the beginning. Thankfully I didn't quit. Yeah. I'm so thankful I didn't quit. All of this resonates so much, especially the the time commitment that teaching requires. I don't think people understand. And you have to have very, very firm boundaries in place to have anything close to a 40-hour work week. And even then, it's very, very hard. I can't imagine teaching with children. Um, I did not have children when I left the field. I can't imagine juggling all of that. And then you add in this layer of adding a business. And, um, I don't know if you know who Kathy Heller is, but I follow her and her teachings. And she says, if you really want to bump into where your blocks are, try to start a business because that's where all of the things that are in your way are going to come smack you in the face. And you've either, like you said, you got to confront them or you got to step back, but you're not going to move forward unless you, unless you hit them head on. I could not agree more with that statement. That is it in a nutshell. That's exactly what happened to me. It wasn't just a one and done thing. It was like a peeling back, peeling back layer after layer. And just when you think you've done all the work, you discover more layers. So you mm. pretty much have to make it into a lifestyle. You have to make that personal development into a lifestyle because you're never going to arrive. I mean, yes, you'll hit milestones and those are so encouraging and you need those, but there's you know, when you have big lifetime dreams and you're, you're planning the legacy that you want to leave in your family and in your community, and even for yourself, you know, you, it's not like you're just going to arrive and be able to sit back and say, okay, I'm good. I'm done. This, I'm just not doing anything anymore. Um, you know, growth is a lifestyle and you have to commit to that. Mm. And it's not, it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think people who go into education, um, I, mm-hmm. I think we, oh, I will, I won't say all, but I think a lot of us have that belief because that's at the core of education and teaching. Um, yeah. but yeah, the commitment to it, because you're going to continue to hit those blocks as you go yeah. in building a business. Yeah. So interesting. So almost seven children, you were yeah. teaching, starting a business. How are you staying in touch with you and your needs and who you were in all of this? And I imagine building the business that helps a little bit because you are peeling back those layers, but what do you, what do you do? What do you suggest to women who are juggling all these things? Okay. So the biggest thing that I've seen in my own life and something that I've seen in so many lives of people of mothers who I know who are also building businesses, whether they're clients of mine or whether they're, um, you know, colleagues of mine or whatever peers, um, the biggest thing that they're having to work to overcome or they have worked to overcome and myself is the mom guilt Mm. and the expectations, not only that we have on ourselves from society but also the expectations that are intrinsic, like internal expectations that we subconsciously place on ourselves that we think 
because, you know, I think mom guilt is a universal thing in the world that we live in today. I think it's something that we all at some point in time have to confront, no matter what stage of motherhood you're in, whether you're an expecting mom or whether you're in the postpartum season, whether you have moms of littles or if you have moms, you have kids of multiple different age groups. And I mean, I haven't even gotten to the phase where my kids are teenagers yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I can't really speak to that, but I mean, I've, I've seen lots of other friends and, you know, after your kids are gone and they don't need you anymore and you have all that to look back on and it can be so easy to beat yourself up no matter what season you're in and to live in a subconscious state of mom guilt. And the biggest advice I can give to moms is to pay attention to that and not to stand for it. And that sounds so easy, like, oh, I'm not going to stand for it, but then it's still there. And what I mean by that is when I say pay attention to it, what's your internal dialogue? What kind of, what are, what is the thought reel that's playing in your head when you think of yourself as a woman and as a mom? Mm-hmm. because because you're an individual before you're a mother and how I view this no this is not an overnight thing like I said I had to do all this work and how I view myself my business and motherhood motherhood and business are both extensions of myself and I love that business gives me in in one sense it gives me the freedom to if I'm working and my kids are all around me and my five-year-old daughter comes up to me she says mommy can you get me something to drink of course, I can stop what I'm doing. That could be a trigger for me. That could be a trigger. Oh, gosh, I feel guilty because I don't want to stop what I'm doing and get her a drink. But then I also feel I feel guilty because for having those feelings, but then also feel guilty for stopping and giving her a drink because I've set this deadline and I'm already behind on it. And it's just this big pull. I felt that a lot in teaching. I felt mm-hmm. as a teacher, I felt people I, I went into teaching with a lot of misguided notions one of them was that teachers had a good life, work-life balance because you're in school and your kids are in school and you're out of school and your kids are out of school. And my experience in public education was that it was an all-consuming job. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, I couldn't leave work at work. Right. I didn't, you know, I had very little freedom on the weekends or even during the summers, during holidays. There was, there was just such an emotional load, such a massive to-do list that was always growing and the bar for success that we're measured by was constantly being raised and constantly being changed. Now the difference between teaching and entrepreneurship, in my opinion, is that I'm working for a boss. I'm working for a principal in the school system. I'm being told what to do. The lovely, beautiful thing about entrepreneurship is that you create success on your terms that business can look however you want it to look. You can set whatever Mm -hmm. income goals you want to set. You can set whatever schedule you want to set. Now, does that mean that you're going to be successful if you only work five hours a week? Maybe in the beginning, no, but you can work. You can work. I mean, I'm not going to say you can't, but I will say there's a lot more flexibility because you are your own boss and Mm -hmm. That comes with its own set of challenges, but those challenges are catalysts for growth. Mm-hmm. If you look at them that way, every cha- I mean, I think that's why I think part, a huge part of what I teach is that your success as a mother or as an entrepreneur or both all goes back to your mindset. And you do not have to sacrifice mm-hmm. being a good mother for being a good entrepreneur or vice versa. That is just not true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Both. And you can absolutely have both. And I think 
there's something to be said too about how your idea of success shifts as you have children. Mm-hmm. And not that you have to set it down, you can still definitely be successful, but it just might look a little different. Absolutely. And you may have to kind of come to terms with that. You know, before mm-hmm. it may have been that shiny title and the nice salary mm-hmm. to go with it. And you may realize a couple of years in, you know, really just having balance and being able to leave work at work and not give my kids what's left of me after I spend eight hours working for someone else. Like now that feels like success in this season of life. And mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing. Like you said about entrepreneurship is, you know, you're driving that ship and you can decide what it looks like, how it feels, and even how you want it to feel in different seasons. You've got that, that power. Yes, absolutely. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So how long have you been in this business building stage? Um, I started in early 2020, right before the pandemic started. Mm. And um, so I've been at it just a little over three years, about three and a half years. Yeah. Wow. And what a journey. And I can only imagine you were still teaching during COVID when all of that hit. Yeah. I, again, I've been out of the classroom, but I still have several teacher friends and I've seen it up close and personal with what they've had to go through. So I, I good for you for starting to build something and then be able to ride the way for a little bit and be able to step away. Well, That's incredible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think you've said some really important things about mindset, but when you have a lot of kids or even just a couple of kids, how do you rise above the the energy drain that sometimes they provide us with day to day. There's definitely an energy drain. That is a reality of motherhood. And I think that just some of the guiding principles in my own life. Um, well, let me back up. I want to talk, talk about the energy drain for a minute. Cause a lot of moms like it's there, but they just, one thing I've noticed is they notice it, but they just, I don't know if the right word is ex- they accept it, but they don't do anything about it. And they just stay drained all the time. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, there's, I, and part of me thinks, you know, kids are going to drain your energy. That is mm-hmm. just part of the, part of the job title, you know, part of the job mm-hmm. description as a mom. And, but I think it's so important that we proactively plan for that. Because, for example, I didn't expect that when I first became a mom. That was a huge surprise to me. You know, none of us really go into motherhood knowing what we're doing. I mean, there's not, they don't come with instruction manuals. Right. But one thing that I didn't realize was how physically demanding the postpartum season is on your body when you're Mm. sleep deprived and you're breastfeeding. and, And not only that, but then as they get older and you have multiple children, one thing I did not realize, two things that were triggers for me. And I'm like, I did not plan out this large family mom thing very well with these triggers. But one is noise is a trigger for me. Mm. And especially when we're all in the car, that's something that I have to rein in. And also being touched out, Mm. you know, so many kids wanting to be held at the same time. They haven't seen mommy all day. They're wanting love and attention from mommy. And when I was teaching, you know, I've been one part of the mom guilt that I struggled with as a teacher was giving my best to other people's kids all day and not having anything left for my own kids at night. And then it just being a mad rush until bedtime. Yeah. And me feeling like, why am I even doing this? My kids come before my career, obviously, but did they know that? Yeah. And so that was, you know, I knew that I couldn't change the system. So that's why even during COVID, I started my business because, and I knew it would take time. I knew it wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm just going to quit my job this year. Mm-hmm. 
And so I made an allotment in my, um, in my plan for that. And it was, and there were time, and there were a lot of hard lessons that I had to learn along the way, just like starting a new career as a teacher and starting motherhood. You just learn by doing and you learn from your mistakes and then you get up and you reevaluate the mindset piece that I, I feel like ha- has helped me the most. Um, there's a lot, but um, like I said, the being in control of my thoughts, mm-hmm. that has been, that's been huge. Um, and I feel like paying attention to your feelings because your feelings can be a check engine lot. Mm-hmm. But they start, you know, not not feeling bad for feeling a certain way, you know, paying attention to that and asking yourself what thought is driving these feelings. That's something that I teach every single coaching client I've ever had, because mm. people, a lot of women don't realize that you're in control of your thoughts. And if we could get a little take a little take it a step further, our thoughts are self-fulfilling prophecies. Because mm. a lot of people, the biggest question I get asked all the time as a mom of a large family running a business, how do you have time to do all that? And what I've learned from business and motherhood through trial and error, through the school of hard knocks, is just if you believe you don't have time, you won't have time. Right. If you believe you have plenty of time, you will have plenty of time. And does that mean that I get everything checked off on my to-do list? There's never been a day in my life I've gotten everything checked off on my to-do right. list. But I have the confidence in myself to know which priorities to focus on. Mm. And I refuse to be a slave to limiting beliefs about time. Mm-hmm. Because I know, I, I know that doesn't serve me. I know that's not going to push me towards success. And even if I'm feeling stressed in a moment, I've got to get grounded again. I've got to bring it together again. Mm-hmm. I've got to remind myself of what I desire to be true. What what thoughts that I have in my mind are going to push me to, towards success? And I choose those thoughts and then my feelings catch up. And that's that in a nutshell is what has kept me going through every hard time. Yeah. So powerful. It seems so simple, mm-hmm. but it is a practice. It is a practice, you know, you can start because I've been doing this myself. You can, you can start with the best of intentions, but then you have those dips where you, you kind of forget Mm -hmm. that you are in control and that you are ultimately driving the ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've had clients where you've worked through this with them. Has there been like a recurring theme or thought pattern that you see a lot of women bumping up against that they have to work through? Yes. So I think a big recurring theme Everybody comes to me wanting to know how they can have better balance, mm. better work-life balance. And I think under the underlying emotional current in that in, in a lot of my clients is just a sense of mom guilt. And that's what something that I spend a lot of time working through my clients with. And believe it or not, it's the same thing I just said about time f- f- goes right hand in hand with mom guilt because mom guilt does not have to be your reality. Right. You you choose what you think about yourself as a mother. Yeah. And it does not have to be something that you have to live with. Now, that doesn't mean you can just decide, okay, I'm not going to deal with it anymore. And it's not going to be there. It takes work. It's That's why we call it mindset work. That's why we call it inner work. There may be some layers that you have to work through from your own childhood. And that takes mm-hmm. a lot of time and a lot of courage. But it's so worth it for yourself, for your kids, for your future, for everything. Because those tiny changes have massive implications for where you're going. 
even if you mm-hmm. can just do a little bit at a time and realistically moms a little bit at a time is a great plan it's, yeah uh, it's better to be consistent with small things that just yes. builds up to incredible momentum yeah and incredible success but the principle that connects that I was talking about that goes with the mom guilt and um the time management is whatever what what thoughts are going through your mind about yourself as a mother oh um I shouldn't have done that oh and even even I've seen memes on Facebook like you only have 18 summers with your kids and that to me drove me to such Mm. incredible why am I running this business if I only have such a limited time with my kids and that was so and then even if, if I spent all day with them I'm like oh it wasn't enough yeah. That's a limiting belief. That's something that was holding me back in every, every area of my life. So I replaced that thought with, because I always get in the habit of paying attention to my thoughts and replacing my thoughts. So I repl- it, it, it sounds so innocent and so encouraging. And maybe to some people it is, but to me it wasn't. So mm-hmm. I replaced that with, I'm always going to be a mom, even when they're an adult. And they're going to remember me for setting a good example for pursuing my dreams, because that's what I want for them when they're an adult. Yes. I, I want them to always not feel like they have to ask anyone's permission to do what they want to do and to create the life that they love. Yes. So how, if they don't see me doing that, they're going to grow up. My daughters are going to grow up with this image in their mind of who they're supposed to be as a woman, as a mother, that it's a sense of duty to other people. Yes. yes. And my sons, I mean, all of them, you know, I, I, that's something that I don't feel comfortable with. And so that gave me a lot of freedom to just do me. And mm-hmm. that was that was a big part of, like you said, of connecting to my identity. Ask, getting really, really clear on what I want um, in motherhood and business. I mean, I can't, I mean, there are some moms who are super crafty. They can come up with this amazing birthday party. My kids, the kindergarten teacher that my three older kids had, she's a lot younger than me, just became a mom. Her um first baby just turned one and she was so incredibly crafty and her classroom was like walking into a hobby lobby and it was just and her daughter's birthday party was just immaculate and lovely and gorgeous and I admire her for that but I'm not that kind of mom we're gonna go to the park and have a birthday party but I am a read aloud mom we can burn through some chapter books and do the voices, and you know, some moms are excellent cooks. I'm okay at that, but I'm I'm okay with being okay at that. Yeah, you know, you can't be. You need to own your own. That, I think that's part of owning your identity as a mom is loving what you're good at and capitalizing on those things, mm. and not feeling like not comparing yourself to other moms you see on social media. Not oh, comparing that's your, so good. Yeah, not comparing your day to day reality to somebody else's highlight reel. Mm-hmm. you know I mean and not and not even wanting to be that you know loving yourself for who you are will help you to be present with your kids for the time that you are with them and they won't remember you for oh my mom never gave me this yeah when you are in that energy of I'm going to be present with my kids because I love myself and I love them and I want to create an environment where everyone can express themselves uniquely including myself yeah, that's what's going to give them a strong sense of identity when they grow up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sounds so simple, but it's huge. That's so mm-hmm. powerful. Like focus we on what you're good at. 100%. And I think social media definitely plays into mm-hmm. that. 
as well, but just focus on what you're good at. And you're so right. Like those moms can do those things. Let them do those things. That's fine. Because you may see their Pinterest inspired, beautiful first birthday party on social media, but they're not that way in every capacity of their lives. And there are areas where, you know, they, they don't do things as well as you do. So absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, it's, it's very true. And I mean, you just, you have to choose, you have to ask yourself a question when you're doing an inventory. I recommend this to all my clients, just pay it when you're paying attention to your thoughts and your feelings, take an inventory of all of all, all the thoughts you have about yourself, about your business, about your future, about, but especially about yourself as your identity as a mother, write them down and ask yourself, are these thoughts serving me? Are they helping me in any way? Did they make me feel good? You're not going to be the mother that you were created to be. If you don't feel good, you're going to, yeah. you're not operating at full capacity. You're not, it's your kids can sense that. And why spend more time? Life is too short to be a mother who feels bad. Yeah. And, and we did, and we did, and we're told to make ourselves small by society. We're told to, um, you know, rein it in as women. And so we feel, we feel like we're under obligation to make everyone else happy at the expense of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help anyone. That doesn't help mm-hmm. the world. The world needs our energy. The world needs all of us. Yes. fully embodied. Yes. Yes. And I believe if you woke up this morning and took a breath and you're still here on this earth, there is a reason you have a yeah. purpose. Yeah. So show up. Absolutely. Oh, I'm getting chills from this conversation. It is so, so good. There's so many pieces I think that we could pick apart for hours yeah. on end, but we are very much on the same wavelength and your children deserve that version of you. Yeah, they, they deserve you and your wholeness. So you have to take care of yourself first and be yes. as whole as you can And it. You know, some days you're going to show up better than others. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But another thing about thoughts that I try to, when I start to spiral, you know, I dip and then I'll spiral and I'll start to beat myself up. And if I can catch mm-hmm. myself with whatever that recurring thought is, I stop and I go, is that true? Is mm-hmm. that true? If I'm thinking, oh, I'm a bad mom. Like, oh, I'm such a bad mom. I did this and this and this is that true? Are my kids safe? Are they fed? Are they loved? Are they nurtured? Yes. I'm not a bad mom, you know, and just Absolutely. so powerful, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that just goes back to being aware of what's going on in your mind. And sometimes yeah. that can be so hard because mo- as moms, we barely have time, especially when your kids are young, you have, you don't have time to finish a sentence, let alone be aware. You have to be intentional. Yeah, because there's so much noise. There's so many demands going on around you. Um, I used to feel guilty, especially when I was a young, te- a new teacher and a young mom to small children. And I, I felt like I had so much time already away from my kids, but I needed time for myself. Yes. Between being a, having a stressful job, then being a new mom and juggling all the things, trying to keep my house clean, all these draining, draining, draining things. I needed time to fill myself up. But a lot of moms don't give that to themselves because they think, well, that's, that's selfish or that's even more Mm-mm. time. That's Mm-mm. even more time. But what I discovered when I chose to bite the bullet and make self-care a practice, I discovered that I would rather take that hour and do yoga, get a babysitter, take that hour and do my yoga and feel refreshed. I would rather take that hour away and be present with my kids and be calm with my kids and be able to listen to my kids when they want to talk to me 
than to not have that hour and then be thinking about it the whole time I'm with my kids. Oh, I wish I could have done that or be crabby and mean because I haven't taken care of myself and I have nothing left to give my kids. Yes. Yes. You can't pour from an empty cup. I know we hear it, but it is so true. And as soon as you start to take care of yourself in that way, you see the difference. Yeah. I think self-care is revolutionary. Yeah. We're told because, you know, we're told that we have to have it all and do it all. And we're on a hamster wheel a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get off that hamster wheel, I think collectively when we as women do that, that has the power to truly shift things in our world. It has the power to shift things that when our kids are adults, their world is going to be so much different because we took that seriously. Yes. I think whatever occupations we fill, like those, Mm -hmm. that's really important work. But I think what you just said women, if we can collectively do this, like that is where the real work is and just the impact of that down the road. I mean, one for ourselves and then for our kids to benefit, but then for them to internalize it and grow up and move forward in a way where they're taking care of themselves first. Yeah. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. That is something that you, that is your prerogative. Yes. Just just do the thing. You have to. And you know, sometimes there's no one else to take care of you. You know, even in a partnership, I have an incredibly supportive husband, but I found myself the other day where I was maxed out with our 18 month old and I needed him just to tell me to go lay down, but that wasn't his job to do that. You know, I was like, okay, I just need to go take a nap for a minute and, you know, and, and serve my own needs in this moment. And, um, yeah, you got to look out for you so that you can absolutely care for them. So good. I, I'm very in this space, so I'm hearing this a lot, but I know not everybody is hearing this every day. So it's like the message has to get out there that you have to prioritize yourself. And it is by doing that, you are doing what's best for your kids. Yes. And, you know, I think the balance thing, like we had talked about before, I wanted to touch on that again briefly Mm -hmm. was, you know, that's something that I feel like is a buzzword today. It's something that every woman, even if they're staying at home with their kids or if they're working full-time like I was, no matter what season of life you're in or what your life looks like, we're all striving for this concept of balance. Part of me feels like we put too much pressure on ourselves to find balance because mm. it, it balance is going to look different for everyone. Balance is what you define as balance, what feels good to you. What's balanced for me may not look like, may look like a total opposite of balance for someone else. But I think when you get into your groove of finding this daily routine feels good and, and even daily routines change, they change mm-hmm. as your kids get older. My daily routines in May and December when school's getting out and when the holidays and recitals and graduations and things like that are vastly different than my routines during the summer when my kids are at home. Right. And during the school year, just on a typical week, you know, they're so different. And so you have to, and and, you know, there, you never know when your kid's going to need to have their tonsils out and that's going to throw off everything. Or, you know, somebody's going to call you with an urgent need that you really need to help them with. It's, it's something that giving yourself so much grace, you're never going to give yourself too much grace. Mm-hmm. No matter, no matter where you are, no matter what you think you're not accomplishing, you're never going to give yourself too much grace. So always give yourself more and more and more. And 
sometimes we find balance when we let go of the idea of finding balance you know I I, I think I think that I mean I've even heard other coaches say that balance doesn't exist and I think to a degree there's some truth in that but I think also you'll know it when you find it yeah and not to put and, and it all goes back to us unwrapping and unpacking those ideas of motherhood that we went into we went into motherhood with these ideas it's going to be like this or I want it to be like this and then it just didn't work out like that and that was something that I had to grieve as a new mother Mm. that was something and even generational stuff you know some of us had wonderful moms some of us had not so good moms some of us didn't even really have moms but even if you had the best most wonderful mom in the world what motherhood looked like in when you were growing up is totally different than what motherhood looks like now. And I think it's healthy adults, no matter what kind of mother you had growing up or didn't have, you have to decide for yourself, okay, these are things from my childhood that I want to keep with me in my motherhood journey. And these are things that don't work for me for whatever reason. And you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. I'm going to throw out and I'm not doing it with my kids. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're disrespecting your own mother. That doesn't mean that um you're that doesn't mean anything really I mean it just um it is that's you owning your motherhood that's you assertively saying this is the kind of mother that I want to be and and doing the thing doing it I mean that's huge yeah I think a lot of women are out there looking for permission to set things down or to change or shake up what they're doing you don't need permission here's your permission we're giving you permission today set it down (laughs) Absolutely. Do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but was there anything in particular that you weren't expecting to shake up in you in motherhood? Um, okay. So like I said before, my triggers. Yeah. It was hard for me so much as a teacher coming home and my kids wanting to climb all over me. And I was just touched out. That was just a thing for me. And and I and I just giving myself permission to take care of myself in such a way and even setting boundaries with my kids Mm -hmm. you know not feeling guilty about it Mm -hmm. telling them you know mommy needs some space for a moment but we'll do this in a minute they might have gotten mad but and that might have made me feel bad in that moment as a mother well I've been away from them all day and they just need me and I can't even do this one little thing right now that was hard another thing I always um saw myself even just being a teach a working mom was hard for me mm-hmm. I, I I always wanted to be a mom that was like my career goal was to be a mom mm. I, I only started college because I didn't get married till later and I needed a way to support myself because I was already an adult living on my own so I said well if I want to make a de- if I want to make money I need to go to college I guess I'll be a teacher well then I got married during college became a mom right before I graduated and I had to find a job at that point but to support my small my young family and so it kind of felt like okay I have got to figure out this working mom thing when that was never in the plans I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom Mm. but then as the career goals towards as the business goals kind of came into play when I started realizing I wanted to be a coach I wanted to be an entrepreneur I wanted to teach courses 
when I, I wanted to, you know, I had all these big dreams and even dreams that my income for my business was going to fund for my family. When I started realizing all of that, you know, like we said before, there's so many lessons you have to learn on the way, along the way, just by doing, but I had, I was stretched. I was stretched in a lot of ways. That was never, that was also something I never saw myself doing. I never saw myself running a business. I never had the confidence to admit that I wanted to run a business. Mm. So that kind of, I kind of surprised myself on that move. But again, I, I, I reached a point because when I already had a teaching career and then add in this business that's taking time and consistency and, you know, investing money in a business that's not quite making money yet, but I have mm-hmm. to if I want to get somewhere, you know, that was a huge stretch that could have broke me. And there were times that I almost let it break me. But I feel like, um, you know, like we said about setting that example for your kids of pursuing your dreams was huge. It kept me going. But I feel, I also feel like, um, you know, we talk about mindset work and we talk about how wonderful it is, but it can also be painful. And it can also, yeah, when you get into those things you have to forgive people for and forgiving yourself for. And when you want things to happen faster than they do, you want things to, okay, okay, I did this. So where's my result? Yes. And you don't realize the layers aspect. You don't realize how much that you're, you're kind you got to give yourself time. Mm-hmm. You've got to give yourself space. And that's mm-hmm. a discipline. That's a discipline. You think, I mean, it sounds so nice. I'm going to give myself time and space. What, mo- what mother doesn't want time and space? But then right. when you've got the demands of your kids who need you and you've got that voice in the back of your head telling you, well, you're going to be a bad mom if you take more time away from your kids. Well, you're going to be a bad mom if you don't do these things for your kids. And how mm-hmm. dare you do those things? You know, mm-hmm. that's where the that's where the balance thing comes in. That's where the being pulled in so many different directions things comes in. And that's where you have to make some decisions. Yes. And when I made those decisions, they were not easy decisions. There were a lot of moving parts that I had to figure out. And there were a lot of pivots that I had to make along the way to get to a successful place in my business where I didn't struggle with mom guilt anymore. That's part of my messaging in my business is I help mompreneurs of young children to create time for their business, which in turn creates money for their business without the mom guilt. That's what I tell my clients. That's what I tell people when they ask me what I do. It took so long to get to that point and it took so overcoming so many obstacles, but I'm here to tell you, if this is something that is in your heart, whether it's a business or whether it's some kind of lifestyle pursuit, whatever you want to pursue, uh, that's a dream in your heart that you know is for you, that you feel like I want it, but I don't know if it's possible. I'm here to tell you it's possible. That's the first step. You have to believe it's possible. Yes. It's even within the realm of possibilities. If you can imagine it, it's, it's possible. Yes. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe if you have, you feel like you have a calling that that was for you. So it is destined for you. You know, it is, there is a path for you. You just, like you said, you got to decide and move forward. Yeah. So so quick story I want to share that I listened, I heard on an audio recently, there's a motivational speaker. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, uh, Les Brown. So Mm he um, shared a story he uh, about this and, you know, just a fictional story this man lying on his deathbed, getting ready to die in the final hours of his life. 
and surrounding him were the ghosts of all the dreams that mm. he never brought to fruition. And they were, and they were disappointed in him. They were saying, because you never gave us life, now we're dying with you. Yeah. And that, that was conviction for me. Yeah. Yeah. Let that sink in for a minute. Really. It gives me goosebumps. I've heard similar versions and similar metaphors yeah. and things, um, or, or the idea of like, put yourself in the rocking chair at 90 and whatever you're facing right now, if you don't pursue that path, how are you going to feel about it when you're looking back on your life at 90? Mm -hmm. Are you going to say, Oh, I wish you would have done that. I wish you would have tried it. Or are you going to say, you know what? That wasn't a big deal. It's okay. Like the mom guilt that you decided to set down. <laughs> you decided right. not to be guilty because you didn't make your award-winning casserole that one time. Like, you know, like, right. the, the, yeah. And we worry so much about what other moms think about us. I've heard so many moms who are older than me, like, you know, I'm 36, but I've heard moms in their 60s say, gosh, the things you think that other people are thinking about you when you're that age, the people weren't even thinking about you at all. So why are you, why would you worry about that? Right. You know, we were, I think that we live in a culture where we worry so much about, oh, am I doing enough for these people? And, and we worry about the things that other people are thinking or saying about us. And I've seen that in my clients, hold them back from posting something on social media about their business. Oh, what's my neighbor or this lady down the street going to say about me when she sees mm -hmm. I have the audacity to put myself out there? That's not meant for her. Mm -mm. That's meant for the people that you're called to serve in the world. They need you. Yes. Yes. So true. So powerful. People are thinking about you so much less than you think. Mm -hmm. Half the time with the algorithms and things, you're neighbor down the street may not even see what you posted right. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You could post the most pure, beautiful, innocent, profound thing. And if they have a, you know, a stick in the mud over whatever, they're still going to interpret it in a way that you did not intend exactly. and make it into something that it's not. So don't let them stop you at all. Just be you yeah. show up, yeah. be you, be unapologetically you. And yeah. that is what that that's when you're going to reach the people that you're that who need you who need your message who need you they need your energy and and yeah. that's how you're going to set the best example for your kids too because by you doing that they're going to have the permission intrinsically to do that for themselves mm -hmm. yeah they're watching and yeah. if they see you doing it they can internalize it and it can just become second nature for them yeah i think being visible is very hard for a lot of people whether mm -hmm. they're in entrepreneurship or not so what are some like baby steps somebody could take um, to, to work yeah. at being more unapologetically them and, and allowing themselves to be visible. So a couple of things I can suggest, um, that was something that I struggled with kind of in the beginning, but I was able to move through it pretty quickly. And one thing that really helped me was beginning my work with affirmations. So, mm. and that goes right back to your thoughts, whatever those thoughts are that make you want to do what you want to do, choose those thoughts. Your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, and your actions yes. create your results. So you have to start with the thoughts. And it's so simple. When you start doing it, you're like, where has this been my whole life? Right. Why didn't I learn this in school? Because this works and it's not even that hard. Right. And and I think making a practice of that is going, you're going to see massive shifts in your life. So for example, a lot of my clients are scared to do live video. I used to be like that, but now when I do live video, you, I mean, I might have a child like 
pulling on my shirt and I'm like, well, hold on just a minute or hi, this is Lydia, you know, whatever, Yeah. you know, I mean, it's no big deal to me. My house doesn't have to be spotless. You know, I don't, I just show up and I, I don't have to have any preparation or prompting. I just talk mm-hmm. and, and I've gotten a lot of responses from that and, and just being consistent. But the, the big thing is in order to get over that fear, you just kind of have to do it. Yes. You just kind of have to do it and then you get better at it and you get less nervous the more times you do it. And then you're even able to look back and critique yourself without that feeling of, um, without that feeling of, oh, I did something bad. You're able to critique yourself from a way of, oh, I should try this next time. And that's a whole different vibe than I did that thing that I shouldn't have done. And now it's on social media and everybody can see it. No, it's like, oh, well, that was a good try. And I'm proud of myself for putting that effort. And next time I'm going to do this. and It's going to be even better. Totally different energy there. Yeah. But you have to do it scared. You have to do it scared Mm. the first couple of times Mm -hmm. to get to that point to, to where you're confident enough to just pull up your phone and do it and press play. Yeah. Yeah. Or just try to muster just a few seconds of courage. That's all it takes. Just a few seconds, just to, you know, absolutely. yeah. And I heard one time, I forgot who said it. Oh, I wish I could give them credit. Um, One of the many online things that I've listened to or been a part of, but they're like, think about your client and think about who you're trying to help. Think about the problem that they're experiencing right now, because most of the time it's things that we've experienced ourselves and we're on the other side of it, but think about them and how you can help them and where they are right now and how badly they need you. And now how quick are you going to run to get to them? Because you know where they are. And they will feel that in your post. If that's your, if that's your thought, your driving factor, people are going to feel that when they consume your content, your posts, and they're going to gravitate towards you because that is authenticity. That is, that is, that is your light shining from within and you are going to shine high and shine bright and people are going to be drawn to you and then you're going to feel like okay I'm doing something right here yeah and that that little bit of momentum is going to propel you forward so I think that's huge. one more thing I wanted to say before I forget that I also teach my clients and I think this is huge because all of my clients are mompreneurs everyone and that's who I reach but you cannot do it without help you cannot run a business even without running a business, just raising a family. When I lived in Tennessee, I didn't have any family support nearby. And that's actually why I moved down to Florida was to be closer to family. And that's been great. But my challenge to anyone in your audience who has ambitions of starting a business or who currently has a business, but who feels stretched in, who is behind on things, who has these tasks that they know they need to do, like editing videos or whatever. And you don't like doing it and you're thinking to yourself, oh, get help from the beginning before you even start making money. Mm. That was the best decision I ever made. And I thought to, I always had this belief, oh, I want help. That's, I'm not opposed to asking for help, like a virtual assistant or something, or even someone to help with my laundry or something like that. Yeah. A personal assistant, whatever kind of assistance you feel that you need. I always said, well, when I'm making this amount of money, that's when I hire someone and someone, my coach. James Wedmore actually corrected me. No, you hire help now. Yes. And you will make money so much faster. It's so much more sustainable in business. And there's ways to do it that don't cost a lot of money. 
It mm-hmm. costs a lot less money than you think, and you'll make money faster. You'll make more money, and you're delegating the tasks that you don't have to do. Anything that you don't have to do, okay. Recording a live video has to be my face in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not on that list. But there's a million little tasks that I can send to my VA, and I'm yeah. so thankful that I listened to him and I took the courage. And at first, I was thinking gosh, well, I don't know if I have the strength and the knowledge to lead a team or to be someone's boss. That was a limiting belief that was holding me back. And I had Mm. to just kind of muster that up by doing it. Yeah. That changed my business. Um, And having childcare for my kids when I need it is huge as well. And we feel guilty. That's another thing that you may feel guilty about. Oh, I don't want to leave them with the babysitter tonight. Don't feel guilty about that. That is, they're not going to look back and think, oh, she left me with a babysitter too much. Yeah. No, I agree. That's that's helpful. That's helpful for everyone. Yeah. I was a daycare kid growing up. My children are both in daycare. And honestly, I had this conversation with Emily a few weeks ago when she was on uh, the episode about IVF and she was like, I love daycare. It was great. You know, like all of my friends were in daycare. I had a great time. We went on field trips and it was like, you're, I don't ever look back and be like, oh, I wish my mom would have stayed home with me. I was like, no, she was doing her thing. I was having a blast at daycare, doing all the things and it becomes part of your village. There's nothing Absolutely. wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, you know, and that's where it goes back to every mom is different. Your, your success on your terms is different than everyone else's success version of success on this planet. And embrace it, own it, do it, and don't apologize for it. It's awesome. And, and, you know, what, you know, my kids, my kids are about to start daycare, but right now they're with babysitters, you know, and if that changes, you know, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to worry. It's, they're going to be fine. They're all, they're all going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And more importantly, you're going to be fine and you're going to be thriving, which is even better for them. Yes. Yes. So good. Oh, such good stuff. I think we touched on this as well. You mentioned you do yoga occasionally, but what do you do with all of these things you've got going on to reconnect to yourself? So one, um, I think there's a lot of things that I do to reconnect to myself from different angles. One thing that's very important to me is my physical health. And people don't, some people think of that as self-care, but and some people they're like, oh, some people is doing their nails or getting their hair cut. I, I like getting my nails done, but that personally is not the best thing. That, that's not my brand of self-care. I don't, I don't care one way or another if they're done or not. But for me, if I'm not eating healthy, I don't feel connected to myself. So to me, and that takes time and intention to really mm-hmm. make a commitment to like, I'm planning my meals every week. I'm juicing every day. I'm drinking this much water every day. And that when I do those things, I feel like I'm taking care of myself. And people, you know, that's not one of those trendy self-care things like a bubble bath with candles and all those things. That doesn't, that doesn't light me up to have a bubble bath. Um, Yoga is something, like I said before, that's something I do several times a week. I'm working up to getting to where I can do it every day, but just connecting to my breath is Mm -hmm. huge. And just the mental piece of it, knowing that I took that time for myself, knowing that I'm working towards my health goals, that goes hand in hand, the groundedness and the exercise piece of yoga and the eating healthy and making time for my wellness 
you know, that is, some, those are things that are just so important to me. Also journaling. I'm a big journaler. Now journaling is something I do every single day. I've done journaling since I was about 12 years old. I have boxes and boxes of journals that I filled up. Is journaling going to get me money? Is journaling going to get me a prize or recognition or anything? No, mm-hmm. no one, no one's going to read my journals. They're just for me. It's just something that's fun and relaxing. And I do it because it feels good. And that is it in a nutshell. That's the yeah. only reason I do it. It doesn't, I mean, you know, but I feel like even though it's not like an income producing activity or it's not, you know, that's not the point of self-care. It's just, it grounds me. It makes me feel like myself. When I get done journaling, I feel like, okay, I'm ready to do whatever else I need to do today. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what self-care looks like for, I mean, it's what it should look like no matter what you choose to be your self-care. Yeah. And you may have to try a few things on to see what resonates and what doesn't. Oh, I tried yoga. It's not my thing. Or I tried this and it's really not for me and give yourself the grace to set that down too and try the next Mm -hmm. thing. I love journaling because for me, I love to brain dump. I need to get the stuff out of my head on paper. And then I feel like I can start my day more clearly. Same. That's exactly me. And I just, and half the time what I'm journaling doesn't even like if somebody were to read it, they think I don't even follow this, but that's not the purpose of it. And I'm also a list maker. Like I'll make lots and lots of lists, even in my journals that to me, I think there's a psychological thing behind that. Like when you make a list of things, it's like it triggers your mind thinks you've already done them so you feel like so good and to me I'm like I'm willing to embrace that because I'll Mm -hmm. take all the good feelings and positive vibes I can get you know and and I mean and there's some self-care that even involves my kids we love going hiking and I take my kids hiking I'll have a baby in the wrap and everybody else is just following along and We've got our little backpacks, you know, that's so relaxing to me. And I love that I'm passing down my love of nature and being outside to my kids and that we are together. And, you know, but I also go hiking by myself and I go hiking Mm -hmm. with my friends. I don't go hiking all the time, but when I have time to do it, you know, that's a special, that's really, you know, some people may hate hiking and that's okay. It's not your thing, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's so great that you, with all these children and running a business can still find the time and prioritize these things, because I feel like if you can do it, there's no excuse. Hey, anyone can find time. It's just like we said at the beginning of our conversation, if you believe it, it's going to be a reality in your life. If you believe, if you choose to believe I have plenty of time for self-care, you're going to, that time's just going to pop up. Yeah. But if you tell yourself, I don't have time for self-care, you just won't have time for it. So it all goes back to your mindset and your beliefs and you can choose your beliefs. And that's what's so great. And by choosing your beliefs, you're choosing what, where you're going to end up. You're choosing your destiny. You're choosing how you're going to spend your time every day. And you're right. If I can do it with six kids, 22 weeks pregnant with number seven, anybody can do it. But you just have to ask yourself, what do I believe is true about time, about myself, and about what I want to accomplish? Is it possible? Anything is possible. I believe we live in a, in a universe of limitless possibilities. If you can dream it, it's possible. So don't let, don't limit yourself. Just get out of your own way and do the thing. Because most of the time, it's not other people who are in our ways. It's ourselves. We are the ones standing there, stopping ourselves, putting limits on ourselves. and you don't have to anymore. Right. 
right? You're spot on. It's all so true. And the sooner we can internalize it and start acting on our dreams, like that's, that's when everything's going to take off and where the magic's going to happen. And collectively as mothers, if we can do this, I'm telling you, this is where the shift is going to be in our world. Um, being that example for our children on top of it all is just, I think it's going to be the key to unlocking a, a brighter future for everybody. So, I think so too. Yeah. And I, I had a clairvoyant friend of the family. And I think I've said this before on, on my podcast, but she said, this generation of children is here to change the world. And whether or not you believe in the clairvoyance or sure, whatever, sure. Like, I really think there's something to be said about how special these little ones are and the power that they really have. So if we can just start setting such a beautiful example for them that yeah these behaviors become second nature. Imagine what a springboard that's going to be for them. We can be on the front end of that change. We can yeah. be the ones telling them, well, I remember when it wasn't like that, but look what we accomplished together. Yeah, absolutely. That's I get goosebumps. Huge. I know it's awesome. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. This was all so, so juicy. So if somebody wants to work with you, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your offers where they can find sure. you? Here's jordanemrios.com and there you can find information if you're interested in booking a one-on-one coaching call with me um i do have some availability in that area on august 31st if you're interested in just kind of trying out something for free i'm having a free webinar at five o'clock eastern called creating more time for your business for busy mompreneurs so if you're a mompreneur you want to be a mompreneur you're busy i mean that's all of us and you're thinking, I wish I had more time for my business, just an hour on Zoom. It's going to be awesome. So I invite, I'll send you, I'll send Shannon the link to that so that we can, um, you can easily find it. And yeah, I'm launching my podcast, August 7th, High Vibe Mompreneurs. And so, yeah, that's kind of my things. I'm on all the social medias. So yeah, you can just find me. I'm either Jordan Rios or Jordan M. Rios, depending on where you look. Awesome. And we'll put all of that information in the show notes. Everyone can find you on their preferred medium. So great. I have to ask real quick, are you bumping up against anything starting your podcast? Because that was my experience as well. I was like, Ooh, do I really have something to say? And is anyone going to want to listen? And I think in the beginning, yes. In the beginning, when I first had the idea to launch a podcast, I kind of had some brain fog and I was kind of like, okay, what do I say? But I'm the type of person, like, and I think you'll relate to this as a journaler, like, when I get a piece of paper and I just start brain dumping, the ideas just come, and then I'm like, where do I even start now? I've got so many ideas. And so then it gets to the phase of, like, organizing my ideas. And, and, you know, I'm new to podcasting, so I'm sure the first few episodes are not going to be that great, but you have to start somewhere. Right. I'm sure when I look look back on those first 10 episodes, I'm going to be like, oh, like later on, two years from now, and I'm going to have grown so much, but that's where, that's where everyone is when they first start. You have to be willing to not be good at something in the beginning, or you'll just never start it. And then later on down the road, you'll look back and wish you had, you have to, you have to look at your life when you're making these decisions, you have to ask yourself, am I okay with being right here where I, with this trajectory 20 years down the road, what changes do I need to make to get down, get there or even five years? If I keep doing this thing, these are the results I'm going to get. Am I okay with that? Or do I need to pivot? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful and such a mic drop moment. And 
think about a ship or a plane. If they just shift their course two degrees over time, they're going to end up in a completely different place. So yes, absolutely. Those two degree changes, they add up. Yeah. And I think we all owe it to ourselves, business owners or moms or anybody. I think we all owe it to ourselves. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter. And don't tell yourself, oh, well, she has seven kids. I only have one. Don't let that make you feel bad. Just start yeah. where you are and make those two degree shifts. And yeah. give your, like I said, you can never give yourself too much grace. Just yeah. do you and take it one day at a time. And pretty soon you're going to be in a totally different place where you are now, if that's where you want to be. Yeah. You hit it right on the head. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> this was so good, Jordan. Thank you so much for your time oh. and sharing your wisdom. And I, I know listeners definitely got a lot out of this. So thank awesome. you well, thank you for having me. And I, Hey, we need to set up a time now that I'm launching my podcast. I'd love for you to interact with my audience as well and get to talk to you as well. Yeah, I would love that. That would be great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know you're a busy woman. So we so appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, that episode was so good. Thank you again, Jordan. There was such good stuff in there. You're amazing. Thank you again for your time. Here are some key takeaways. One, self-sacrifice and motherhood to the point you lose yourself benefits no one. Hear it, internalize it, because it's the truth. Number two, mom guilt is universal, but it doesn't have to be your reality. You choose what you think about yourself as a mother. Pay attention to your internal dialogue about yourself as a woman and a mom. Three, being in control of your thoughts and paying attention to your feelings makes all the difference. Ask yourself, what is the thought behind these feelings? What do you desire to be true? Choose your thoughts that will push you towards success and your feelings will catch up. Your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings create your actions. Your actions create your results. You just have to start with your thoughts. Number four, be mindful of what you're modeling for your children. Do you want them to believe that they can do anything? Show them in your own life. Number five, own your personal identity as a mom. Focus on what you're good at, capitalize on those things, and stop comparing yourself to what you see on social media. Number six, we're all chasing the idea of balance. Balance looks different for each person and different in each season. What daily routine feels good? You're never going to give yourself too much grace. Sometimes we find balance when we let go of the idea of finding balance and you'll know it when you find it. Number seven, you don't need permission to set down the things that are not serving you. You can start doing things differently today. Number eight, if you have a dream in your heart, it's possible. If you can imagine it, it's possible. The people you are called to serve need you. Number nine, in business, outsource and do it early. From household help to administrative tasks, pass off what you can before you're even making money. And number 10, if you're afraid of the next step, ask yourself, am I okay being in the same place by doing this same thing five, 10, or 20 years down the road? Am I okay with that or do I need to pivot? I have dropped all of Jordan's information in the show notes so that you can find her, follow her, check out her podcast, and check out her offering coming later in August. All those details are in there for you. 
I'm excited to share that in just a couple weeks, I will be rolling out a one-to-one maternity leave guidance option for anyone out there who really just loves the idea of an individualized attention or anyone who thinks that their circumstances are just too unique um, to have their needs met in a group setting. So what that will entail is eight meetings, one hour long over Zoom, you and I, they'll be spread out over six months. A few before you take your maternity leave to help you plan with that transition. We'll meet a few times while you're on your leave um, to kind of see how you're settling in, see where you could use some support, see how we can get you that support and also plan that transition back to work. And then we'll meet a couple of times once you are transitioning back to work where the rubber meets the road, where you start to embody the identity of working mom. So all of those details will be available very, very soon. But in the meantime, I am dropping in a waitlist link in the show notes where you can see some of the details about the program, add your name and email. And then as soon as the rest of the information is rolled out and the actual option to enroll is rolled out, you'll be first to know until next time. Come follow me on Instagram or Facebook at having a mom moment. If there's something you want to hear about on a future episode, shoot me a message either on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me at having a mom moment at gmail.com. And if you're liking the podcast, please follow and rate, leave a review. I would love that so much. It would be so amazing to um, share the word, spread the word, share the joy. And I know I mention it every week, but if you have a story about your motherhood journey that you would love to share, or if you're knowledgeable on a topic that you think is meaningful for moms, please consider being a guest on the show. We would love to have you. It's just me. I say we, but it's me. (laughs) I'd love to have you. So go ahead there and check out the show notes. There is a link to a guest application form. It's nothing serious. It just helps me collect your information. Don't be intimidated by it. Um, And then we can start planning your episode. I'd love to have you on. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, remember you are amazing. You are loved. And I am so proud of the beautiful human that you are. Take care of yourself. Thank you.